Today we grieve and lament the death of our Savior. We lament the depth of our sin that led the Lord of glory to die for us. So let me pray for us, and we'll sing together, and then we will uh, we'll do some scripture reading together to remember what he did for us. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your goodness and your grace and your mercy. Jesus, we thank you for being willing to leave the perfection of heaven where you were worshipped and adored in order to come here to this earth where you were mistreated and misunderstood and you lived the life that we should have lived and you died the death that we should have died. And I pray that you would help us to remember that. Holy Spirit, you are welcome in this place. Please use the songs that we sing and the, uh, and the words from Scripture that you inspired in order to help us remember what you have done for us. Help us to see the depth of our sin. Help us to see what our Savior accomplished for us, that we might be driven to more love and devotion to him. It is in the name of our Savior that we pray. Amen. Last night, as we ended our Passover meal, uh, we ended with Jesus and his disciples in the upper room together, singing a hymn. And the scripture tells us that immediately after they sang that hymn in the upper room, that they went out to the Garden of Gethsemane, where Jesus prayed before he was betrayed and uh, before he was arrested. We're about to read about that in Mark chapter 14. But notice the words of scripture as we read them, when it talks about how Jesus was distressed and troubled and overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. The things we will read that Jesus endured were physically horrible. But here in the Garden of Gethsemane, nothing has happened to him yet physically. But emotionally, he is anticipating all that he will go through. Not just the physical torture, but also the spiritual and emotional toll that this will take on him. If you think about it, the only sinless person who's ever lived was about to take on sin. And not just his sin, but the sin of all those for whom he would die. And that he would not only take on their sin, but he would take on the curse for that sin. And as Jesus emotionally anticipates that, he's troubled and he's overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. So look for that as we read Mark chapter 14, verses 32 to 42. I will start us off and you have a part. Uh, be sure to jump in when we get to that part that is underlined. Hear now God's word. And they went to a place called Gethsemane. And Jesus said to his disciples, sit here while I pray. And he took with him Peter and James and John and began to be deeply distressed and troubled. And he said to them, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow, even to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch. And going a little farther, he fell on the ground and prayed that if it were possible, the hour might pass from him. And he said, Abba, Father, all things are possible for you. Remove this cup from me, yet what not what I will, but what you will. Then he returned to his disciples and found them sleeping. Simon, he said to Peter, are you asleep? Couldn't you watch for one hour? Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. 
Once more, he went away and prayed the same thing. When he came back, he again found them sleeping because their eyes were heavy. They did not know what to say to him. And he came the third time and said to them, Are you still sleeping and taking your rest? It is enough. The hour has come. The Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us be going. See, my betrayer is at hand. Stand with us as we sing. You may be seated. After Jesus was arrested, he was taken to the high priest who, along with the chief priest, wanted to put Jesus to death for blasphemy. They spit in Jesus' face. They beat him. But they could not give him the death penalty. The Romans who ruled over the Jewish people at that time had to approve the use of the death penalty. So the chief priests took Jesus to Pilate to get his permission to have Jesus executed. So we pick up reading in Mark chapter 15, beginning in verse 6. I'll do the first part, and you've got a part as well, so be watching for that. Hear now God's word. Now it was the custom at the feast to release a prisoner whom the people requested. A man called Barabbas was in prison with the insurrectionists who had committed murder in the uprising. The crowd came up and asked Pilate to do for them what he usually did. Do you want me to release to you the king of the Jews, asked Pilate, knowing that it was out of self-interest that the chief priests had handed Jesus over to him. But the chief priest stirred up the crowd to have Pilate release Barabbas instead. What shall I do then with the one you call the king of the Jews, Pilate asked them. They shouted, crucify him. Pilate asked, why, what crime has he committed? But they shouted all the louder, crucify him. Wanting to satisfy the crowd, Pilate released Barabbas to them. He had Jesus flogged and handed him over to be crucified. The soldiers led Jesus away into the palace, that is the praetorium, and called together the whole company of soldiers. They put a purple robe on him, then twisted together a crown of thorns and set it on him. And they began to call out to him, Hail, King of the Jews! Again and again, they struck him on the head with a staff and spit on him. Falling on their knees, they paid homage to him. And when they had mocked him, they took off the purple robe and put his own clothes on him, then led him out to crucify him. Stand with us as we sing. Man, you may be seated. In 2019, our family had the opportunity to visit Jerusalem, and we actually went to the site of the praetorium that we just read about in the scripture that we just recited, where the place where Jesus went before Pilate and was sentenced to death. And then we had the opportunity to walk the Via Della Rosa, the way of suffering, the very route Jesus walked on his way to be crucified. So we had the opportunity to see with our own eyes the places that the scripture talks about where Jesus was brutally beaten and mocked. And while these things are hard to read, to actually walk the very path made this all the more real. Jesus really endured the things we read about. And we continue to read now in Matthew chapter 27 verses 32 to 44. I will start us off and you'll have a part as well. Hear now God's word. 
As they were going out, they met a man from Cyrene named Simon, and they forced him to carry the cross. They came to a place called Golgotha, which means the place of the skull. There they offered Jesus wine to drink mixed with gall, but after tasting it, he refused to drink. When they had crucified him, they divided up his clothes by casting lots, and sitting down, they kept watch over him there. Above his head, they placed the written charge against him, this is Jesus, the king of the Jews. Two rebels were crucified with him, one on his right and one on his left. Those who passed by hurled insults at him, shaking their heads and saying, You who are going to destroy the temple and build it in three days, save yourself. Come down from the cross if you are the Son of God. In the same way, the chief priests, the teachers of the law, and the elders mocked him. He saved others, they said, but he cannot save himself. He's the king of Israel. Let him come down from the cross and we will believe in him. He trusts in God. Let God rescue him now if he wants him. For he said, I am the son of God. In the same way, the rebels who were crucified with him also heaped insults on him. Stand with us as we sing. Amen. You may be seated. All of the events that we've been reading about must have been so difficult for those who were followers of Jesus to understand. They had seen Jesus do incredible things like heal people or calm a storm or cast out demons or walk on water or feed 5,000 people with a little boy's lunch. They even saw him raise people from the dead. They had placed all their hope in him, and now he's dead? As they tried to make sense of what happened on that Good Friday, Isaiah 53 must have provided some answers for them. Isaiah 53 was written hundreds of years before Good Friday, and it shows us that even though we are surprised by the events of that day, God was not surprised by Good Friday. And God had a plan. We will read Isaiah 53 together now. I will start us off and you have a part as well. Hear now God's word. Who has believed our message and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? He grew up before him like a tender shoot and like a a root out of dry ground. He had no beauty or majesty to attract us to him. Nothing in his appearance that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by mankind, a man of suffering and familiar with pain. Like one from whom people hide their faces, he was despised and we esteemed him not. Surely he took up our pain and bore our suffering. Yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him, and by his wounds we are healed. We all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us has turned to our own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. 
He was led like a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before its shearers is silent, so he did not open his mouth. By oppression and judgment he was taken away. Yet who of his generation protested? For he was cut off from the land of the living. For the transgression of my people he was punished. He was assigned a grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death, though he had done no violence nor was any deceit in his mouth. Yet it was the Lord's will to crush him and to cause him to suffer. And though the Lord makes his life an offering for sin, he will see his offspring and prolong his days, and the will of the Lord will prosper in his hand. After he has suffered, he will see the light of life and be satisfied by his knowledge. My righteous servant will justify many, and he will bear their iniquities. Therefore, I will give him a portion among the great, and he will divide the spoils with the strong. Because he poured out his life unto death and was numbered with the transgressors, for he bore the sin of many and made intercession for the transgressors. Stand with us as we sing. Please be seated. As we come now to read the passage of Scripture about the actual death of Jesus on the cross, we'll have our last Scripture reading and our last song. And here is how we will proceed from this point. We've said that the followers of Jesus must have been confused and bewildered by what was happening. And we want to feel a sense of that ourselves So we will read this last passage of Scripture, and then we're only going to sing part of In Christ Alone. On Easter Sunday, we will pick up with Jesus bursting out of the grave and his glorious resurrection from the dead. But today, we're only going to sing up to, there in the ground his body lay, light of the world by darkness slain. And then we will extinguish this candle, and we will exit this room in silence. Please feel free to talk in the concourse, but we're going to try to exit this room without saying anything as we contemplate and remember the death of Jesus for us. So let's proceed in this way now. As we read this passage of Scripture, and at the abrupt conclusion of In Christ Alone, you will be dismissed without me saying anything further up here to exit this room in silence. So kids, after this song, we're leaving. We're not going to say anything as we leave. And when we get to the concourse, ask your mom and dad why we left here without saying anything at the end. All right. Let's let's hear God's word now from Mark chapter 15. Uh, We'll also read from John's gospel, the 19th chapter. I'll begin and you have a part as well. At noon, darkness came over the whole land until three in the afternoon. And at three in the afternoon, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Eloi, Eloi, lemma sabachthani, which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Later, knowing that everything had now been finished and so the scripture would be fulfilled, Jesus said, I am thirsty. A jar of wine vinegar was there, so they soaked a sponge in it, put the sponge on a stalk of the hyssop plant, and lifted it to Jesus' lips. When he had received the drink, Jesus said, it is finished. With that, he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. So they took the body of Jesus and bound it in linen cloths with the spices, as is the burial custom of the Jews. 
Now in the place where he was crucified, there was a garden, and in the garden a new tomb in which no one had yet been laid. So because of the Jewish day of preparation, since the tomb was close at hand, they laid Jesus there. Stand with us as we sing. <laughs> 